Hey, hey, this is Chase Masterson, host of Disco Nights, inviting you to join us every Sunday as the disco party continues with our fabulous guests. Like us. Like us. Like you. And you, our audience. So we'll see you here next Sunday night. Bring your disco shoes. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, co-host of Inglorious Trexperts. If you're a Star Trek fan who thinks you know everything about the history of Star Trek, check out my best-selling two-volume oral history of Star Trek from St. Martin's Press, The 50-Year Mission, available wherever books, digital, and audiobooks are sold. Hi, this is not Arnold, but you should still listen to the 430 Movie podcast at 430movie.com. It's really fun. You'll like it. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Docterman, and we are the Inglorious Trexperts. And welcome back to another episode of Inglorious Trexperts. I'm so excited because today is going to be about the simplicity of play. <laughs> the more complex the mind, the more important the simplicity of play. Indeed. And you may wonder, what are we going to play? Are we, what like, are we going to play? Like Dungeons and Dragons or something? Or what is it? Are you challenging are we... me to a duel? No, I'm not challenging <laughs> you to a duel. We, are, um, we have uh, this great uh, uh, Trivial Pursuit, the Star Trek Trivial Pursuit game. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, quite honestly... We could have done more questions from Rafe Needleman's classic tome, the Star Trek Trivia book. But he's been ignoring us. He, we tried. We opened hailing frequencies. Uh, tried to reach him on Twitter. No response from Rafe Needleman. So the hell with <laughs> Rafe Needleman. We're moving on the Trivial Pursuit. You know, apparently the Organian is too powerful to respond, the Trivia Master. Or perhaps uh, something horrible has happened to him and we have to go find out. Or perhaps he wrote it when he was very young and is now embarrassed, uh, working in Silicon Valley, to acknowledge that he once called himself an Organian Trivia Master. Um, and uh, so we'll go to Trivial Pursuit. But but first, before we do that, I want to introduce you. We've got some great guests here with us today. Um, over over here is uh, a lot of people, back when we started the 430 movie, we had a wonderful engineer. Uh, and he quit. Um, people have been asking, whatever happened to Aaron? Did he ever get a date? Um, and uh, we would give him advice on what movies to show, uh, which he, he ignored. Uh, it's not but he's, he's, he's uh, Aaron, Aaron's a longtime friend of, of the show. Uh, he was instrumental in getting a 430 movie off the ground. And uh, we're so happy that Aaron Ratner has agreed to once again uh, reconnect with us and join us for today's episode. Glad to be here. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Aaron. And, uh, uh, you know, also joining us. And in this corner. Yeah, right, in this <laughs> corner. And still champion. My prediction for the fight, pain. Um, <laughs> we're really lucky to have him. He, he's uh, somebody that we've, we've known for many, many years, uh, but also a big part of Star Trek, uh, contemporary Star Trek over its, what was it, 20-year run, 25-year run? I mean, you were... Well, anyway, let me introduce you before I ask you that. Um, uh, he's the former associate producer of Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, he, as some people have called him, the second most powerful person in Star Trek next to Rick Berman, <laughs> probably because he sat outside the office from Rick and was his gatekeeper, uh, Mr. Dave Rossi. Hi, Dave. thanks for having me, guys. Oh, no, it's great to have you and great to see you. Um, so, yeah, so we were starting to talk. How long was that run? I worked on, uh, I started Next Gen fifth season I worked on the show 14 years to the day. Wow. I started on May 13th and ended on May 13th. That's extraordinary. Years later. People forget. I mean, that was a, what a run. Yeah, it was great. I mean, that's Gunsmoke, kind of. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, they were different shows, but it was, 
you know, it was the same. It was Star Trek. Oh, yeah, look. I mean, we're not calling you Miss Kitty or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Kitty. (laughs) (laughs) Anymore. Right. Uh, But, uh, yeah, look at that. It was a dream come true. I mean, it's my only TV show that I worked on, uh, franchised, and uh, what other one would I want to work on, right? How many of those years did you do Talk Trek with us? Oh, quite a few. Yeah, that's where you and I met. That's where we met. Yeah, that's funny. That's where I met Darren as that's well. Right. Oh, really? On Talk Trek. Yeah. yeah, I met Darren on Talk Trek. Now, Talk Trek, for those of you who don't know or who haven't listened to every episode of the show, um, was a radio show that Darren used to do on the, what was the network? Cable Radio Network. The cable Radio Network, and it started out on KIEV in uh, uh, Los Angeles. Um, and it started around 1991, I think. Uh, Joyce Mason, who was head of William Shatner's fan club, and her friend Evie uh, started the, doing this show for a reason I have no idea why. Yeah. <laughs> she she, she, she just, just thought uh, she, it would be fun to have a radio show on She was on a Trek. great fan. Yeah. Why do we do this show? For the love of the game. For the, exactly. for the love of Star Trek. Exactly. And, uh, you know, uh, got involved in it and uh, just kept doing it for years and years through, like, 1997. Something like that. And, That's extraordinary. Uh, and Dave came in as a guest one week and just stayed. <laughs> and it was awesome. <laughs> now, you remember time. you had to go in the studio, and the studio was like at the end of the earth. Right. I mean, I remember like driving up there. It was like, it took forever. Like, what like prompted someone. you yeah. to do the show? When I mean, how did they, do you remember how they approached you or anything? I, I don't remember how it, I don't remember how they got in touch with me, but I remember that the first night, they had my mom call in as a surprise guest while I was on the air. Oh, my God. That's so funny. You know, it's funny you say that because I remember, you know, since this was not syndicated at the time, my dad would make me tape them or get a copy. Of the, and, and when I come to New York, he liked to listen to the cassettes oh, of me on hilarious. Talk Trek. <laughs> he hilarious. always thought it was such well, a, it was a really he got a hoot show. out of it. I mean, it was a little It was good. a really fun show. We had everybody on the show. Yeah. Everyone from the show's. Eventually came on and did an interview. Everyone comes to Rick's. And yeah. Joyce Mason was just the she sweetest. She was wonderful. She was, a, she was a, such Dylan, a sweet woman. My friend Dylan. Uh, uh, yeah. And you know, it was it was before you know before the internet, we had before talk the dark track. times. Yeah, it really was it. the dark times. That's right. <laughs> so when did you do this? The, in through ninety two through ninety seven. I remember going to the radio studio and I was like, you yeah, know, and next you to the you dollar in, store. You know, yeah. in, the, in the basement, in the strip mall. Yeah. But man, it was like I, I, you know, I did the show a couple of times, and I always loved doing it. But boy, I hated the drive. You know, <laughs> which is I remember it was like the dark recesses the of the nowhere. valley. Well, <laughs> it, it balances out because I hate this drive, so <laughs> it all works out. <laughs> <laughs> but we're in the center of of of, of the West Side. Yeah, you good know? for you. We're in the. You That's know, great. This is, uh, <laughs> there's a Shake Shack nearby. Come on, you can't beat that. Um, Anyway, well, David, it's good to have you, you know, and, and we mentioned cassettes. I see you brought something with you today. I did. I brought all the old cassettes I taped as a kid off of TV, off of those, you know, one of those little Panasonic uh, tape recorders. You, you put it in front of the TV. Yep. And then you would just record it. Yep. So you could listen to it whenever you wanted. Exactly. It's, it's such a novel concept. It's funny. All of us did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I, completely I, separate from Anyone? Yeah, nobody told us to yeah. do it, right? I mean, no, like, we had, it was, we had no is... guide for putting it back together. No, we we all just did the same thing. Well, because you wanted to, you, you know, it was our that was our our videotapes, yeah. that was our DVDs, that was our you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. I remember taking. Uh, I took court court Marshall's one of my favorite episodes. I remember taking it to. 
we, we used to go camping into these these uh, cabins, and, and the same people would be there every year for two weeks out of the year or whatever from all over the country. So you knew everyone. But I remember having that cassette, and I had it under my pillow, and I'm listening to the scene mm-hmm. where Commodore Stone and Kirk face off, and I listen to it over and over and over and over. And in the morning, we're all sitting around the breakfast table, and we're all in different rooms, my brothers and sisters and me. And we're sitting around the breakfast table, and my brother says, well, I won't have it smeared. And my sister goes, by what, Commodore Stone? (laughs) Because I had listened to it so many times that night that they had picked it up and- Oh my goodness. Said it back to me. That is so funny. You know, and it's true. I think one of the reasons people say, God, how do you guys know all this dialogue? And even when Free Enterprise, our movie came out, and they sort of related to each other and talked to each other in snippets of dialogue from the original Star Trek. It's because we had these cassettes that right. we would listen to over, over and, and over, over and over again. Yeah. So we have it ingrained in our brain. Yeah. Quite more of our brain than I think we'd like to admit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not only do I ask for it, I demand it. I, I demand, demand it. it. Right. <laughs> and right now, Commodore Stone, right now. <laughs> And that's not even an episode I like that much. But uh, <laughs> so, did you tape all of the episodes? Because I didn't. I, I, I don't know what I, I don't know how many I taped. In fact, Court Marshall's missing out of this box. So who uh, knows how many I did tape? But there's about I don't know thirty in this box. It blew my time. mind because I guess Darren and Burnett said they taped all of them. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think I had like my favorites, like my top ten. No, no, I was yeah. pretty close to having them all. Well, because I started out uh, taping them with my dad's reel to reel. So I would have like four episodes on one reel. Mm. And, you know, those are hard to lug around. So <laughs> when when I finally, I think for one Christmas, got a little Panasonic tape recorder and got the freedom to sort of walk around with this, I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Now oh, I can yeah. record everything. <laughs> so I have to ask you. So obviously you're a huge Star Trek fan, uh, clearly. Um, how much did you need to stay in the closet at next when you were – at at in next generation, uh, there for next generation and the subsequent shows. I mean, could you wear your love of Star Trek on the sleeve? Not when I started. No yeah. way. They 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 were very uh, uh, against hiring people that were really big fans. So I I met with uh, one of the producers for the job, and she had asked if I'd ever seen the show before, and I said, uh, you know, I've seen Star Trek before, but you know, I you know, I just I totally had to play it down. And then of course, within I don't know a year of me being there, everybody. You know, it was pretty easy to spot him. It was the Okudas and yeah. Doug Drexler and me and uh, you know Jim Vanover in the art department. I mean, you know, there was a there was a, a gaggle of us who who were, which is why you know Rick eventually he created this position for me uh, called uh, supervisor of Star Trek projects, which he didn't like dealing. I mean, he was, it's not that he didn't like. He was so busy that dealing with the licensing and the merchandising and all so that was a full time job. It was a full time job, yeah. and so and the the especially by the time I started fifth season, the show just about hit its stride. It was right. very popular. So he created this position where I th- those were my things to deal with: uh, Star Trek, the experience, and mm-hmm. you know all those kinds of uh, ancillary things. And but, would you man, was look a at a lot of the license material, like the toys and the books, and approve that? Yeah, and- yeah. Yeah, and disapprove a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) What's the most ridiculous thing you were ever approached about? Do you remember in terms of a licensed product or... or, or... Besides Enterprise. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Ouch. Uh, I don't remember a specific thing like that, but I'll tell you that when when Enterprise was in the early stages of development, the uh, uh, people who were in charge of licensing asked me to go to lunch. And they said, hey, listen, we, we heard the rumor that there's going to be a new one and that's going to be a prequel. And we're wondering, would you go to Rick and see if we could make it not a prequel? Because 
it's so hard to develop new toys and new things based on going backwards. If we kept it in the 24th century, we could use all, And I was like, are you, do you understand what you're asking? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> could you it's imagine like, the Rick abandoned <laughs> development on your new show and like start from the beginning so we can make better toys? I mean, talk about the tail wagging the dog. Wow. It was just like, I, and they That'd were. That would be your last day, wouldn't it? They were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, it listen, was. Rick, I was just talking to these guys. Yeah, yeah. What idea you have about a prequel? Yeah. <laughs> no, bad toys, bad toys. That is so funny. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, and that's exactly what happened with the Batman franchise. You know, you talk to Schumacher or any of these people, you know, and what, you say, why was Batman and Robin and Batman Forever so bad? It's because, you know, Warner Brothers, it was the toy decisions. that were. That's why you always had to have a new Batmobile, and that's why they, you had to have two villains, and it was all this stuff, because it was the toy toys that were driving the decisions that were being made on that franchise. That's so funny. You know, and Star Trek, it never got to that point, even though it was, it was um, a robust licensing around Star Trek. It never was Star Wars in terms of... It's, it's no, no, and then look, there was a lot of wacky stuff. There was the Enterprise on toilet paper, and there was, you know, I mean, condoms, and I mean, there, there was all kinds of pitches for crazy things. Not that the licensing department came with, but that people came to right, the licensing right. department with, you know, they, they knew you were the guy. That they shot down, right? Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, but but there was a lot of fun stuff too, and a lot of fun crossover stuff. We did comic book stuff that tied in with Marvel and DC Comics, and I mean, it was it was a really fun time. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and it, and it, it was it was interesting because yeah, I mean, I remember when I was working with Malibu on those Star Trek comics. I mean, you know, I thought licensing, you know, everything was fairly re- every reasonable, and that was a department where you, there were a lot of fans, so they knew the whole right world of Star Trek, and it wasn't like, well, we wouldn't do this, or you know, we 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 don't want to do that. So that that's really cool. Well, look, I have this this deck of of trivial pursuit let's see (laughs) yeah right speaking of licensed product here it sits um we have these these wonderful trivial pursuit reasonably licensed to me commander i I have this little die and it has on it a phaser and it has a signia and it has uh, the klingon empire and so i guess that ties into what question i'm supposed to ask sure so i'm going to roll the dice or die okay i have a phaser which means that i'm asking this Oh my! This first God. one's for Rossi. Yeah, the first one's for Rossi. <laughs> Should we be keeping track? How many you get right? No. Wrong is the case. Maybe. <laughs> um, this question is for Dave Rossi. What dental hygiene product was advertised on Planet Eight Nine Two Dash One V or Four? Eight Nine Two. You can't even read the question. And you want me to give you the answer? That's why I'm asking the question. Well, let's see. What dental hygiene product was advertised on Planet Eight Nine Two? One for and you know I have to tell you you know back in the day when I was covering Star Trek for Cinema Fantastic at some point the LA Times called me the world's foremost Trek expert and that that thing got milked to death you know and uh, by whenever people would do interviews or whatever and I remember people they started asking me trivia questions like it wasn't like what what the Captain Kirk safe number and I'm like no no when they say I'm the Trek expert it means I'm well versed right. in the behind the scenes machinations or the making of the show. I'm not like some tri- I'm not Rafe Needleman. I'm not a, <laughs> you know this trivia master and they always I'm going to stump the the, the trek expert. It's yeah. like, "Oh, geez, stop, please." Yeah. So anyway, what Wait, was that a bread and circuses reference? Uh, what Daniel Hy- hygiene product? Was it Gleam or something? I don't was it advertised on Planet 892 for. Okay, and the answer is you you were close. It is bread and circuses, but the correct answer is Mars toothpaste. Oh, Mars toothpaste. Mars. So you were incorrect. Oh. Well, everyone thinks so. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna think uh, I'm gonna move on to Aaron Ratner here, and uh, let's see what we got. We got oh we got the Enterprise. So that Enterprise. means that sounds good. Enterprise. Okay. Oh this is this is this is this is this is an easy one. 
An easy one. <laughs> an easy one for us. Let's see if it's an easy one for us. Which ship, which ship was not part of the M5 war game exercises, USS Hood, USS Potemkin, USS Excalibur, or the USS Intrepid? Excalibur. No, that is incorrect. Intrepid. Now, intrepid. it was the Intrepid. Why was it the Intrepid? Because the Intrepid was destroyed by the Space Amoeba. Exactly. So, okay, we're we're doing great, guys. Not a very auspicious beginning, <laughs> but now I'm coming. I'm coming to the inglorious Trexpert himself, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Mr. Darren yeah. Dockerman. Here okay, comes the one I roll, can't answer. Rolling the dice, right. and I. It's a Klingon question. A Klingon question. It's a Klingon great. question. So great. everybody, cling on to your seats. Klingon. Um, bang bang. <laughs> the sweetest little automatic in the world. Uh, Kelvin. Kelvin weapons could paralyze and also transform humans into what? Kelvin weapons could paralyze and also transform humans into what? Into uh, compact shapes, he calls them. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I think your answer is accu- a- 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 actually more accurate than what's on the card. What do they say? The cubes? Cu- cubes. Yeah. No, the, the, it says 12-sided solids. Uh, but okay. I, I, I think you're completely accurate because no one in the show actually referred to them as 12-sided right. 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 solids. So I think a cube or your answer, these compact shapes. Compact shapes, he called them. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, right, exactly. Exa- that's Warren Stevens, that's yeah. exactly what he says. That's what he says, yeah. And, and I, you know, I love that thing. Which, you know, you could tell Kirk is so disappointed that the girl is killed. Right, and right. Not, You know, he's like, ah, oh, the, well, the red shirt. You know, he knew yeah. what he was getting into. <laughs> this poor yeoman. Yeah, you know, served like, with this person for twelve years. It's like also he's like he appears and he's like completely befuddled. Yeah, and like Kirk's guy. just like, Damn, oh, yeah, right. God. And there goes my Christmas party. There goes date. my afternoon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, we're on to the next one. This oh. is well, this is for you. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no, I'm the I'm the No, no, no. I'm no, Rafe no. Needleman. <laughs> You're not Rafe Needleman. Okay, well, I'll tell you. I knew Rafe Needleman. Will... You're no Rafe okay, Needleman. Let me tell you. The answer is on the other side of the card, so I will okay. not look at the answer. I can ask myself the question. Yeah, all right, so. all right. There you go. Um, Federation. 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 I don't see no Federation. <laughs> okay. The question is, what were Kirk and Spock's secret orders in the Enterprise incident? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure what the card says, but it was to retrieve the cloaking device, which was aboard... A Klingon ship, which was really a Romulan ship, which made no sense. Right. But uh, but anyway, um, it is to retrieve the cloaking device. Well, no, there's a report that the Romulans are, are not, not using, using Klingon, Klingon technology. <laughs> are now <laughs> using Klingon miniatures to save money in the third season. Yes. Uh, we, we've, heard, we've heard that report as well. Uh, Admiral Fred Freiberger reporting. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, I, th- I think we'll agree that you have the correct answer. Yes, that is well, correct. Well, let's, let's see what the card says. Let's see what the card says. It could cards. be completely different. An excellent episode of Deep Space Nine in the cards. That's right. Okay. <laughs> The answer is steal a cloaking device. Okay. All right. One Accurate, for one. but not complete. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, that's complete. I said to, to steal no, the cloaking device. Yours was you much were more complete. complete. Oh, well, thank you. The card. You complete me. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I reach. Thank you. Okay. I so um, now Herbert. we're back to Dave Rossi, and we're going to roll the die. Here see we go. what the die says. I hope there's an enterprise question, because that would be interesting if you could answer that, Mr. Associate Producer. Okay, uh, hold no on. No pressure. Don't. Klingons again. Uh-huh. Okay, well, if it was Andorians, we'd have a better chance. Okay, <laughs> what Romulan privilege is allowed to condemn criminals? What Romulan privilege is allowed to condemn criminals? Uh, the Romulan right of... Uh, so close. What's the word? It's uh, it's going to come to me. Uh, right of statement, the... Uh, yes, you did not form that in the form of a question. What is the Romulan right of statement? Yes, very good, Dave. That was go. a tougher well one. Yeah. That was a tougher one, you know, uh, from an excellent episode. 
I'm glad these are all TOS questions. Know, yeah, what's going really. on? Is it, let's see. Is this whole thing? I mean, it is, is in a TOS shuttlecraft. Yeah, right. I wonder if it I'm is. I'm fine with that. Like Rafe Needleman's. Yeah, but as soon as you get to the Voyager questions, we are yeah. sunk. Um, okay. Well, the answer to those is who cares? <laughs> oh, oh, no. That, that's not. No, I, it means. We're supposed to be positive on this podcast. Bring in Alexandra August. She can answer yeah. those. Chakotay. Okay. <laughs> Chakotay and Janeway. Uh, slash fiction. Let's see. Uh, phaser. Phaser. So this is for Aaron Ratner. Yeah, this is all original Star Trek, apparently. Cool. Um, disguised as a pen, what device allowed Gary Seven to communicate, defend himself, and deactivate force fields? What was the device Gary Seven used, disguised as a pen? From the classic episode of Simon Earth, where Robert Lansing goes back in time. Well, he doesn't go back in time. The Enterprise crew goes back in time. Gary Seven was already there. Could have brought him back through space. Could have brought him back through this time. Isn't... There's no way for us to know. <laughs> I, I can't think of it. Would anybody like to help out Aaron? It's a servo. You are correct, sir. A servo? It is a servo. Yeah. It is a, not Tom servo. Be careful with it's that. It's a servo. That servo is set to kill. servo set to kill. Yeah, see, there you go. That's what happens. Because Does they, that make any sense? Because we taped the episode. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was going to say. We they, cheated. <laughs> Change the conditions of the test. That's right. <laughs> okay. Darren, this is you it's now. It's my turn. You know, it's I'm my a, turn. After this, I'm going to go and see if there are any other questions. But okay, here this is the Federation. Um, oh, this is very good. All right, this is good. Actress Barbara Babcock mm-hmm. played two roles on the original series mm. and provided voices for five more roles. Which of these was not a live action role? Okay, Mia Three, Falana, or Loskeen? Uh That would be Falana. And the correct answer is Loskeen. Loskine is live action. Yeah, Loskine is the Tholian, right? Yeah, Tholian. Yeah, so why? Trivial Pursuit, damn Boo. you! No, that, that's not accurate. Let me. Maybe I read the... No, actress Barbara Baggott played two roles on the original series and provided voices for five more. Which of this was not a live action role? Yeah. Yeah, Loskine was... I mean, when it, maybe they mean live action. Maybe, maybe they yeah. mean uh, like she was actually a voice. I think that question voice. is misleading. What, what was the, the... After Mia 3, what was it? Falana. Was Falana the Plato's stepchildren? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. oh, that's what they're saying then. So, oh, so okay. yeah, they must be more like it's a w- digital when they say live action, like a, which was a voiceover, what, yeah. not which was an oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. okay. I, Look, I think we know fine. way more than the card is asking. So right. clearly, exactly. you guys that's are fine. I, I, I accept <laughs> the loss. I'm, I'm, I'm big enough man to accept the loss on that one. Every man hides a secret pain. Right. Okay. I need my pain. Okay. The, we we now have Saturn. I'm not sure why that is uh, on the die. Um, and Saturn. Oh, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to answer Uh-oh. this. Where did Miranda Jones study for four years? Where did Miranda Jones study mm-hmm. for four years? Um, Starfleet Academy? I don't know the answer to that. I believe she studied on Vulcan, Vulcan right? Yeah. Let's find out. I think you may be right. Indeed, she did. Yes. So clearly, wait. Miranda Jones studying yeah. for four years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was wrong. From I guess I'm not the Trexpert after all. Is <laughs> is there in truth no booty? Yeah. See, I don't. I haven't watched that episode in years. I never liked that episode. Okay. I, what's an episode? What episode would you say that you have seen the least? Hmm. Oh, that's a really good question, Dave. I have to think about that, Darren. What? what, you, what let's start that's with Aaron. Aaron. What, what do you? Yeah, I know. I'm looking. But you said Darren. I was talking to you, but looking at him. Uh, <laughs> it's awful confusing. Aaron Ratner. <laughs> what, what episode have you seen the, the least? Well, that's a tough question for me because I'm not 
you know, I, I didn't record every single episode of the uh, oh, okay, and watch them over and over again as much. I mean, it's easier for me to say like, what did I see the most? You know, there's you know, perhaps trouble tribbles, uh, Corbinite maneuver, some of those things, but. There's probably quite a few of them that I've only seen a couple times. See, and I, I, are we talking about episodes? You, like, there are episodes of I've never seen. Like, to be honest, there's what? some episodes of Voyager and some episodes of Enterprise I've never oh, yeah. seen. No, oh, I'm thinking the original series. You, oh, TOS. Oh, oh, yeah. TOS? What have I seen the least? Um, Darren? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm still collating. I, I can't. <sighs> you know, I'm trying to think. I'm like. <sighs> Mine is Return of the Archons. Really? Yeah, that yeah. What now for me? I, I like that. You know, Ben Stiller named his whole company after that. I think mine might be Cloudminders. Hmm. It's so funny you mentioned Return of the Archons. I was at my son's school for career day, so I was speaking about you know writing and producing for TV, and uh, and um, afterwards we go out, and all of a sudden, you know, we're we're talking, and then like the kids are playing, and 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 then there's like this. A buzzer goes off and everyone freezes. Oh my god! Right, like literally everyone. Free- I'm like, and my son's like freezing. I'm like, oh my god, what's going on? Is it the red hour? And he, <laughs> I mean, because apparently, like at the end of like the free play, uh-huh. the, you know, they have this thing to let you know it's time to go back to class or whatever, and 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 they just have this thing, and you're supposed to freeze in place. I'm like, what are you doing? What, 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 you know, what's happening? The, I bow, bow to the will of Lantern. Yeah, right? I mean, exactly. like, yeah. it, it was so weird. It was so, you know. You report to a disintegration chamber. <laughs> you report to a disintegration chamber. I mean, it was it was it was crazy. Oh but um, you know, I, I, it's funny because I've seen Return of the Archons quite a bit. Again, not a favorite episode, but but I, you know, it's certainly watchable. And Kirk talks the computer to death, which I always love. Um, you know, in a way, Miri maybe. Yeah, Miri is the other Mi- one. Miri, yeah, I kind of feel Miri. Like I, they would. I have. I can't think of the last time I watched Miri. Um, it, it's probably fifteen, twenty years ago. Hmm. Um, you know, it was probably when you, 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 because we didn't talk about that. The, when the new effects. That was the last time I watched everything through from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. When you guys came out with the new uh, visual oh, effects, yeah. uh-huh. and 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 so it was on here at midnight on, right. uh, and I, I every Sunday night, and I would watch every episode with the new effects. Right. Um, and that was the first that and Balance of Terror were the first ones they aired. Right. So that was probably the last time I saw Miri. So that was what twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, so and. Uh, I don't know. Do you remember when you well, did no, that? Well, no. When was it? It was uh, 2008, I guess it started. Right. 2007, something like that. So 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, that, that was probably the last time I saw Mary. I, I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, is there in truth no beauty maybe? Well, this way Lights to Eden. Zatar is the episode I wish I'd seen the least of. Uh, <laughs> What's all this talk about Diana? <laughs> you know, like any episode where it was like a Scotty episode. Yeah. Uh, you know, Wolf in the Fold, too. I mean, I like Wolf in the Fold a lot better. And yeah. plus, you know, Dean's mom is in that, which is uh, Dean Devlin's mom is in that episode. So, you know, I, I, I like her. I like John Fiedler in that. So I like that better, but I'm not a big fan of Scotty episodes. But, um, but, 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 yeah, I do not like. Uh, other than it gave us Memory Alpha, which was a cool thing. Yeah, I'm not a big, big fan of. Is it there in, in truth? Uh, no, no beauty. Um, is there in truth no beauty? Uh, but this way to Eden, I don't think I because Spock's brain, I will watch anytime it's on. Right, wildly sure. entertaining. This the way to Eden is awful. Yeah. Other than the shuttlecraft looks great. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I just I can't watch, look at those feet and those ears and it's just like, <laughs> oh man, and it's a Chekhov episode, so I have no interest. Um, you know, his name 
was Adam. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's why Leonard called his son? No, never mind. No. He was born before that. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, okay, does that answer your question? Yes, yeah, sure. Darren, is there another episode you can think of that perhaps? You know, no. Uh, you know, like I said, Cloudminders, uh, I, I may have watched, I don't know, five times. Yeah, but you know, I love it, Jeff Corey. With, with I, 50 times of every other episode. I love Jeff Corey in that. I think Jeff Corey's kind of goofy. And and I love... Well, I, the, the the girl in it is amazing. She's I, gorgeous. I, oh, I, my I've, God. I've, the I've lovely drug scene. Yeah, Nor I a work of art. Yeah. But you know what was so funny about that episode? It clearly was short because right. there's like that little five-minute sequence where it's... And they've never done this in the show before, which is Spock's narration right. talking yeah. about how wonderful Stratos is and how the beautiful, and lovely... And it's obviously pickup shots. Right. Obviously I mean, pick just up. standing there. And, like, like, and he did a voiceover. It was like yeah. clearly short. Something was, and they something had a, was wacky. That I'll they tell you what it was. It was Zenite gas. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they, you know... Um, and, and, and when I watched as a kid... They cut stuff out for the syndication. Right. So and I never that knew stuff. that that was right. always that was cut. Right. So it wasn't until they came out on like uh, yeah, a videotape. Uh, right. Tapes yeah, or whatever, exactly. Yeah. That you saw the. And I'm like, what the? Heck? Even then, I was like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. A phaser. Now I'm going to go and just see, like, yeah, if go, there's go the any, any the pair, anything uh, else from, pile. you know, maybe there is from another show. We'll find out. But we are a, a phaser I question. believe it's Mr. Rossi's turn. Oh, we are. We are. This is not... We're out of TOS now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. So I guess I should have shuffled the deck. <laughs> or not. Um, what component... What component had lore stolen by masquerading as data? Uh, data's emotion chip. Yeah, well, that was easy. <laughs> Especially since... I'll take it. Your, 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 old, uh, <laughs> your old boss wrote, brothers. <laughs> so, Okay. Very good. Brothers. 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 I, I wonder if this goes through all the shows, but we'll find out in a moment. The Enterprise. Any chance Ooh, to ask my. a question this about The Enterprise? Aaron. This Aaron. is for Aaron, but I'm looking at you. But yeah. it's Aaron. Why do you do that? Aaron, <laughs> Freaking me out, man. Aaron Ratner. What experimental technology did the prototype USS Pegasus have on board? And, of course, I'm talking about the Pegasus from The Enterprise from Star Trek, not from uh, Battlestar Galactica. Was that a cloaking device? Well, I need a complete answer. Mm. Was that the was it uh, the cloaking device that allowed you to go through solid matter? Okay, you got to tell me if that. Or am I mixing that up? No, with no, no. The stay, other. stay, stick with what your answer is. The, the correct answer is a phased cloaking yeah. device. Are we going to accept? I, I would accept. Yeah, that. I think I so. That, I think yeah. we should accept it. Yeah. I think that's acceptable. Bravo. Yeah, well done. Well, yeah, Aaron, you're back in it to win it now. <laughs> Even if you didn't cassette tape these. Okay, now we're on to Mr. Darren. Again, Voyager. the Enterprise. Voyager. Nope. <laughs> what ship did Geordi LaForge's mother command? The uh, spaceship Lollipop. <laughs> I have the good no ship Lollipop. <laughs> I don't know if it was good or not, but <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, did it help <laughs> if I tell you it's named after a Greek god? Nope. <laughs> it was not Apollo. I don't care. Uh, it's the USS Hera. Well, oh, good USS for Hera. her. Of course. Good for her. Another Battlestar Galactica reference. <laughs> okay. So now it's my turn to suffer. It's your turn. Okay. Starfleet insignia. 
Okay. Yeah, where are you taking this from? I don't know. Uh-huh. We'll find out. It's certainly not inside the box that you were drawing from before. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a track under his sleeve. Okay, well, here we go. James what Kirk? <laughs> <laughs> Answer is R. What is Spock's first name? Um, <laughs> who wrote the best-selling tome, 50-Year Mission? <laughs> Um, That would be Ed Gross. Ed Gross, that's right. That is correct. That is incomplete. Uh, Whose nephew stayed at his post while all the trainees ran? Who... Whose nephew stayed at his post while all the trains... So, of course, you're referencing Ike Eisenman's classic performance uh, as Peter Preston, first mate aboard the Enterprise. And I believe he is the nephew of the guy who brought his dying body to the bridge instead of sick sick bay. Peter Preston's uh, uncle was Scotty, Montgomery Scott. Let's see if I'm correct. (laughs) (laughs) Commander Scott. Doctor in the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) His nephew, Peter Preston, died when Khan attacked the Enterprise. Really? No shit. Okay. <laughs> First uh, training voyage, Mr. Preston. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's going to be your last. Yeah. <laughs> Never going to make it. Can't understand why they cut all that footage out of uh, the theatrical. Crazy race. to get to space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he made it. <laughs> okay, Phaser. Okay, this is for you, Dave Rossi. Grabbing from inside the box again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that was uh-huh. not a TOS yeah. question. He's got multiple. Sure it was. He has multiple different stacks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's mix those up. Yeah, dig real <laughs> deep for mine. Fine. <laughs> it's not like we're playing for money. It's not just poker. Oh, okay. it's not It's not for money. It's for pride. Something fine. much more valuable. Fine. fine. This was a matter of pride. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. Wait. Oh. Oh. Okay. Wait. <laughs> Oh. oh, it's Miranda Jones again. I'm, what is, what's going on? I know on the here? answer to that. Yeah, wait. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Uh, Idick. <laughs> yeah, right. Itic. That's right. Okay. Dr. Pulaski. Okay. Here we go. And Mulhall. What planet did Han Solo run into the bounty hunter? No. <laughs> that would be Ord Mantell. <laughs> this is uh, Klingon. Uh, Klingon. Uh, what. <laughs> What were Spock's first words to Cybok on Nimbus 3? Um, hi, brother. <laughs> um, hi. Uh, I don't know. I think I, think I know this one. Well, hmm. let's find out. Quasi 2? Well, you may be right, but that's not what the card says. What does the card the say? The card says... Who are under arrest for 17 violations of neutral no. zone treaty. So, alas. Darren has a problem with that card. I have a problem with that. Well, it doesn't say his first words in English, you know. It does say, so, you know, if he spoke to him in Vulcan, then you know what? Uh, you can tell Rafe that Ray Gableman right had nothing now. to do with this game. This is very frustrating, indeed. Okay. Yeah. So now. Because then, then Cybok says, it's me, it's Cybok. Well, maybe they didn't want to watch Star Trek V again, and they wanted, <laughs> they wrote it from memory. Okay. <laughs> okay. Aaron Ratner, Federation. Uh, what Vulcan proverb did Spock use to convince Kirk to undertake the Klingon diplomatic mission? Oh. Oh, this is an easy one. Yeah. I'm if you know it. It's an easy one if you know it. Okay. Can I give I, you a hint? You sure. 
Henry Kissinger. Oh, only uh, only uh, Kirk can go to Klingon. Only uh, only uh, Nixon can go to China. Yes, there, there you go. go. Well yes. Fantastic. He pulls it out at the last minute. Indeed. That's okay. Exciting. Now we're on to Darren Dockerman. The doctor is I in the house. We just had me. All right. Did we? Oh, so we're on to Altman. Wait, I got to pick from the other. <laughs> yeah, right. You got your own okay, pile there. Uh, insignia. Oh, very good. <laughs> I'll take this question <laughs> to retain my bona fides as Who, a track expert. Who's America's foremost track expert? <laughs> <laughs> well, close. This question's about as easy. Who was the captain of the USS Excelsior in Star Trek oh. The Undiscovered Country? I believe the answer is Hikaru Sulu. Oh, Captain Sulu. Mm. Yeah, okay. Very problem good. with that, mister? Aaron, get that pile away from him. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's keeping him close. Ron to Dave Rossi. Keep your friends close, your piles <laughs> close. Um, okay. Oh, no, you'll, you're going to get this. What theory of social and biological evolution explains similar Earth like cultures on different planets, Dave Rossi? Oh, yeah, that's the. Uh... Yes, the. <laughs> <laughs> It's not coming to me. Do you know the episodes? Uh, it would have been. Uh, oh my God! Was that Miri? One, and they they came. To, they used it a couple of times. Mega Glory. Uh, Bread and circuses. Bread and circuses. Yeah. Um, the Richter scale of culture. <laughs> Don't forget now, Darren. If you would be so kind, I can't remember. But okay, well, I will. The Hodgkin's law of parallel oh, planetary right. development. It was. Yeah, yeah, Hodgkin's. that was Hodgkin's. Yeah, <laughs> foil. And if it's if it's nothing like uh, our world, it's the non-Hodgkin's um, law of planetary. <laughs> oh, see, no, that's not. Okay, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> no, that's that's not right. That's a terrible thing. We I have a question for Mr. Ratner now. Mr. Ratner, we have the insignia pin. Insignia. Pin. I don't know what that means. Oh, it means that's what I see. There are five questions on each card. And then I roll the dice to determine which question to ask. It's like Trivial Pursuit because it is. Only okay. different. <laughs> um, oh, here's a discovery question. Who played number one, Captain Pike's first officer? <laughs> here's a discovery question. <laughs> I, I, I don't have discovery yet. <laughs> no, that was a joke. Extremely little, Anson. Okay. Well, it's, it's about the cage, okay? Who played number one, Captain Pike's first officer? Oh. That was Spock. Who played Ooh. number one, Captain Pike's first officer? Number one. Number one. You are number six. Who is number one? <laughs> um, I, it was somebody that Gene was sleeping with. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't matter. <laughs> and this is actually a tough question because she's... She's credited as a different name in the episode. Well, yes, is right. nurse nurse? Uh, well, I mean, but that that wasn't her. That character. What's the actress's name? Male Walls. Was it Male Roddenberry? Right, Rachel Roddenberry. Rachel. Well, she wasn't Roddenberry. Right. Right. I forget her name. Emily Huddock. Emily Huddock. Yeah, right. It's actually on the card, Major Barrett, which of course made which is Barrett. wrong. Mm -hmm. I love that story that, that Yvonne Craig tells about how, you know, she was at the anniversary party, the 25th anniversary mm -hmm. party for 
uh, Star Trek that they held on the sound stages. And she goes up to Majel, and they had actually been really good friends when they both moved out there, and they lived in the same like hostel, mm-hmm. you know, for uh, aspiring actresses. She says, "Oh, Majel Barrett, so good to see you." And Majel says to Yvonne Craig. It's Majel Barrett Roddenberry. And Yvonne says, I didn't know what a crap she got to be. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Darren Dockerman. Yes, sir. Okay, let's see what we got. We got a Saturn. A Saturn. We got a Saturn. Not to be confused with the Tesla. Um, After its moon's destruction, how long did Alpha travel through? No. After its moon's destruction, how long could the Klingon homeworld have before pollution devastated it? Oh, probably. Uh, How long would Praxis, after the explosion of Praxis? Did you say like six years left? The Klingon Empire has six years left? I know you hate Star Trek Six, so I understand why you didn't get what this. Was it? 50 years. Oh. 50 years. Okay. <laughs> now now, now on with the show. <laughs> but the moon of Praxis. Now we're <laughs> flying moon. into space. Started yeah, I'm really show. surprised. <laughs> I, I mean, I wonder if there are, in fact, Voyager and Enterprise questions. There must be. Can't just be Star Trek and Next Generation, right? Why? Well, I don't know. We'll it all out. depends on there when this was no made. no questions for those shows that are possible. Okay. <laughs> the phaser. The only questions for those are why. <laughs> um. What was the odd power fluctuation that made Spock realize another ship attacked Gorkon's ship? It was a Star Trek VI reference. A, 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 it was power fluctuation. It was a it's technobabble. I don't answer technobabble it questions. Was, uh, 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is, do you know it? Because I, I don't remember. Odd power fluctuation? I don't know. Oh, here. I mean, I hate techno I'm proud of the fact I don't know this. Okay, an, an enormous neutron energy surge. Mm-hmm. Well, of Great. course. Who, why, Great. Yeah. You know. Duh. Good, good Spock. <laughs> I would have gone with tech. Yeah. I was going to say Professor Plum did it in the briefing room uh-huh. with the uh, phaser, but um, okay. I mean, it has to have a tailpipe. I, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's ludicrous. That's ludicrous speed is what that is. I'm detecting an energy source. Okay. Unreliant. <laughs> Mr. Dave Rossi, I'm going to ask you a phaser question. I don't know what that means. It's your turn. No, I just did. I just got it wrong. No, you just asked Dave that. No, that was no, now it's your question. Himself. I was asking myself. Now I'm asking Dave. Huh. So <laughs> I, I got it wrong. Huh. Okay. I don't know. Always wrong, here, Altman. That, that's okay. not your nickname. Okay. You want to know your nickname? Altman. <laughs> <laughs> what created the 29th? Ah, here we are. What created the 29th century version of a Borg drone? What created what? the 29th century version of a Borg drone? Um, the Doctor's holo emitter. I was going to say, if you get this right, I'll have less respect for you than I did when you didn't know it. <laughs> Here, here's the answer. The merging of the Doctor's holo emitter, Seven's Borg nanoprobes, and an Ensign's DNA... And this question epitomizes everything What's, wrong with yeah. Voyager in one question. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That was just We're going to make a 29th century board, Jimmy, using a Petri dish and a pencil. <laughs> Gee whiz. And a war Send out a war Mr. Mr. God, that was, that was just crazy. Oh, okay, oh my now goodness. Now we're on to Aaron Ratner. Uh, we're going to a question with right, a uh, Saturn question. Okay. What vast region of starless space did Voyager have to travel through? What va- what what vast region of starless space did Voyager have to travel through? Okay, I'm going to give you a hint. 
it's just it's a it's the gamma quadrant, right? Uh, well, they were I mean, in the uh, delta the delta talking, quadrant. But or we were talking about a specific episode where there's it, like it's there's a specific all dark anomaly out the that they encountered. Now, mm-hmm. I want to point out that Voyager lacked a certain degree of imagination. So if it is something that is... is just the void? A st- there you go! <laughs> <laughs> the void! That's even the name of the episode, That's I think, that, isn't it? Right, exactly. So, so imaginative. They just turned off the projectors outside the windows for that episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the took the Great the Starless Region, otherwise known as the UPM. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Darren, this one's for you. All right. We have a phaser. We have a phaser, Doctor. What could the assassin ship do that other birds... Of pre- There's a lot of Star Trek Six questions. What could the assassin ship do that other birds of prey could not do? It That's could easy. It could fire when cloaked. Oh, bye. Surely not. Surely not. not. Surely <laughs> yes. not. And don't call me Shirley. You're, you're correct. And now we will ask Altman a question. And now... Saturn. You get a Saturn. I get a Saturn. What Klingon listening post did the Enterprise bluff their way past in Klingonese? Well, wasn't it Rurpente? Or was it a different listening post outside of the orbit of Rurpente? No one's going to help me on this. No. <laughs> okay, well, I, I will. Uh, I, I, I haven't watched the movie in a while. Maybe that's the answer to your question. Yeah, that's um, right. Oh, Morska. Morska. Right. Would you have gotten that? No. No, would you? No, I wouldn't have gotten it. This this clearly is a game for real fans. I never take that. Unlike us, I wouldn't have gotten it either. We're the inglorious. We're no longer the inglorious Trexperts. We're the inglorious. Know a little something about Star Trek. No, um, Trexperts know what to answer and what not to answer. That's true. That's true. We have Morska. we have escaped from our parents' basements. Morska. Um, that's that sounds Russian. That doesn't sound Klingon Morska to me. Morska and Leska. <laughs> Gildenstern and Rosencrantz. Uh, okay, so we're back to Dave Rossi, and um, we will ask him. It's right outside of Morska. <laughs> what what time ship did Ca- already you're in trouble? What time ship did Captain Braxton use to recruit Seven of Nine for a mission? The Enterprise J. Now, that could be right for all I know, but the answer <laughs> on here is the USS Relativity. Ah, Even their starships had shitty names. That was my second guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the USS Enterprise 1701R. <laughs> okay. Darren Docterman, here we go. Whoa. It's actually, it's actually Aaron's turn. Oh, Aaron, I, I stand corrected. Aaron. My question for you is what, you piece, <laughs> what piece of equipment gave Mardia away? What piece of equipment gave Mardia away? Oh, her phaser, right? Nope. I mean, no. It, the it, boots? Uh, nope. Ah, probably getting something else. It would be the head. flare, the flare, because she shoots up a flare to let Morgan Shepard know that they've escaped the uh, no electronic frontier, no... Yeah. Yes, I remember. That was Ruapente. That was Ruapente. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. Well, we're back to you, uh, Mr. Dackerman. And we have a Klingon insignia, which oh, means it can only be time for a Klingon question. The last outpost introduced which alien race who would later come to be known for their love of Latinum? That would be the Ferengi. And you would be correct. Very nice. With their rubber whips. Yeah. That was weird. It was weird. I think I think the Ferengi should be these uh, crazy little little creatures with uh, very large cod pieces. 
<laughs> you know, that's true. That's a real quote. Yeah, that's a real quote from uh, Gene Roddenberry. He thought that that would be the distinguishing characteristic of the Frangi, that yeah. they would, yeah. Okay. Oh, dear. Yeah. Okay. Klingon. This is for Altman. And, uh, Klingon! The question is, how much of a triple's metabolism is geared towards reproduction? So that's a trouble with Tribble's question. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> You're halfway quite there. a bit. I think quite a bit. <laughs> um, the answer is almost 50%. Almost 50%. What? Almost 50%. I think that's quite a bit. I'll give that one to you. That's quite a bit. <laughs> well, Dave, when you were associate producer on Enterprise, did you ever figure that one day you would be sitting here playing Star Trek Trivial Pursuit? <laughs> no, I could have only dreamed. <laughs> and you're not pinnacle. even drunk. Okay. Next episode, Star Trek Risk. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you were really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, USS Irkutsk. We're going to talk about the USS Relativity. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a time shift. NCC E right. equals MC squared. Yeah. <laughs> I remember in World War II, the USS Destroyer. <laughs> I'm surprised that by Voyager, they were just calling it the NCC Starship. <laughs> yeah, it's too much work to come up with a name. We'll just call it a Starship. Okay, Space so. Boat Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mr. Dave Rossi, what was... Commander William Riker's middle name. Thomas. Well, there you go. Very simply. Clearly, for a man who worked on Next Generation for many years, you learned your stuff there. I did. What is Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Radner. Phaser. What was the only known antidote to a Magatu bite? What was the only known antidote mm-hmm. to a Magatu bite? Look at Darren and I chomping at the bit. Uh, I I don't know this one. Do you remember Nancy Kovacs? She was uh, yes, Tyrell's she was. wife. <laughs> she's yes, a Kanutu. She she's a Kanutu woman. Yes, indeed she was. Um, would you like to answer for poor Aaron? Let's both say it. Okay. The Mako Root. Very good, <laughs> gentlemen. Very good. Very good. That's the name it's of our a- band. We're playing at Coachella. <laughs> I can picture it in my head, but I can never remember what... It's a planet of peace. See, and I can picture Nancy Kovacs in my head, so there you go. As there you I. go. Um, okay, the um, Enterprise, the Enterprise. This is mine. This is for you, Darren Dodd. Yes, I am what for you. Ship, <laughs> I'm for you, Lieutenant nice <laughs> For uh, what ship did Picard command prior to becoming captain of the Enterprise D? Uh, was that the Stargazer? You're correct, sir. Very good, very good. Okay, and now we come to me. Which yes. pile it was At the last. pile I wanted? <laughs> uh, okay, Klingon, Klingon. Which Uridian claimed Worf's father was still alive? Now, I could not begin to tell you what that was. Was that in that episode Birthright, that two-parter? Uh, what was the question? Which, which... which Uridian claimed Worf's father was still alive? Now, I can tell you, I think it was Birthright, which was a seventh-season yeah. episode where Worf goes off and finds all these hybrid yeah. Klingon, mm-hmm. Romulan... Yeah, his name was... Uh, Lola? The Iridian's name was uh, started with a Y. Uh, I think it was Bob. Bob the Iridian. <laughs> 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 I got to tell you, one time, I, there was a... a, a uh, the video game company Activision sued mm-hmm. Paramount at some point about over the license for Star Trek games, and I was deposed to go... You know, I had to go give a deposition about it, and they had lawyers there and everything. And they had a guy 
videotaping the deposition. And so he's just off quietly in, in the corner. And I looked at him and I said, did you ever play an alien on Star Trek Voyager? And he throws his arms up in the air and he goes, vindication! <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. It turns out he was... He was some alien captain who like develops a crush on Seven of Nine or something, and, oh my and, and he was a lawyer. Speaking role? No, he was a he was operating the video camera. To oh, oh, that, the oh, that's really funny because as we know, the only lawyer ever to be in Star Trek was Melvin Belli. That's correct. Right. Right. And after yes. after that, they never hired Al, a lawyer Al, again. Al yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, his name, in case you were wondering, uh, Jay Glum. Not far from Jagrum. not wrong. Jagrum. You know what? Jagrum. I'm pretty. I'm actually pretty impressed because you you're almost there. Jaglum Shrek. Ah, Jaglum Shrek. That's, that's very nice. impressive. Wow. I yeah. feel they should give it to him. That was one of those rare mid-season two-parters. You know, there were a couple towards the end. There was Chain of Command, and then you had uh, the Birthright two-parter. Yeah, and it was he, it was played by, uh, uh, the part was played by uh, um, Zephyrin Cochran. Uh, what's oh, James Cromwell. Uh, James Cromwell. Played Jaglum Shrek. I did not know that. There you yeah. go. Let's, uh, let's, uh, learn something new about Star Trek every day. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like for you? I mean, by the time you know Next Generation was kind of winding down, um, I mean, you knew you had a job on on Voyager. So, I mean, it was not that sense that you normally have with a show like it's going away. I'm out of a job. No, no, it was. Uh, we were. It never stopped. I mean, DS9 picked up, and then a year after that, Voyager picked up, and so it was. Uh, we were just going, 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 and it was uh, glorious. By the time, <laughs> by the time Voyager was sort of in its end game. You uh, you already knew that Enterprise was was going to happen, so. right? But then, but you know, even by the time Enterprise, it was there was always kind of a weird feeling because it was this whole UPN thing. Their whole management had changed at UPN. They didn't know us. We, you know, at the time when Next Gen, especially Next Generation, was going on, but even through DS Nine Voyager, it, it was a very rare time where we had a lot of autonomy. You know, there was no studio notes and manager notes and network notes. None of that. It was you guys are doing what you do. Just keep doing it. And Which then, is almost unheard of. In it, this unheard business, of, unless you have a deal with Netflix. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Rick was one of the last kind of kings of you know mm-hmm. of his domain in that kind sure, of sense. Sure. And um, and then the U like the UPN folks started, and you know the, we then we had to start taking meetings. Like, um, hey, you know that place on the ship where all your people eat. Uh, we would like to have like a different band there yeah. every week, and you know we're like what you know like a boy band. There's a lot of great crossover promotion available. And Synergy. Like, you, know, you understand the premise of the show. Right? <laughs> it, was, it takes place, yeah, yeah. in the twenty uh, second century. We're leaving <laughs> Earth and going. We're not stopping at the you know alien planets. Are going. Hey, wait, would you like to sign up for a week? In but the we'd love mess to have uh, in sync there if possible. Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh my goodness. But yeah, so it was a great time. But we like to have the Beastie Boys in the car. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sabotage! Oh my God! And then you know, it, during that fourth season of Enterprise, you sort of felt the writing was on the wall. I mean, you, oh, yeah. you knew that that was yeah. We it must have been a very melancholy time. At one point, it, you know, you think it's a, a time to go on and do new things, new adventures. You know, see what else is out there. But at the same time, you've been with the show for so long. It was. It was very. Uh, it, it didn't even. It didn't hit me until uh, I walked into one day the wardrobe department, which I'm sure you'd visited. But sure. it was this huge, cavernous space filled 
from floor to ceiling with wardrobe. I mean, they were just stacked, these uniforms, and then all the people uh, working and the seamstresses. and the, I mean, it was this hub of activity. And I walked in, and it had been stripped bare. Mm. It was just one big, empty, open space. And I, that's where I started crying. And I was like, oh, my God, this is over. Wow. It was really, uh, yeah, it was quite sad. What do you miss the most from those days? Oh, the people. I mean, the the... the we had spent so much time together. I mean, it was like a family. It was really, really, uh, really unique. It was, yeah, a lot of special what people. What people forget is people would just go from one show to the next. So, you know, or somebody like Herman Zimmerman would go from you know, Next Generation and then he'd go to, you know, Land Voyager of the Lost. And Richard to... James. Right, right. <laughs> Far out space nuts. Too. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it's like, you know, when you had... You know all these keys, like somebody like Marvin Rush, who was shooting, he would move on to the next show, and then and then you know next generation would be the farm leagues, and then they would go over to Deep Space Nine, and then yeah. a bunch of them would go to Voyager, and then they would carry over to Enterprise, and and just yeah, I mean so these people, it wasn't just seven years; it was as you said, you know, decades. yeah, there were people there eighteen, nineteen years. Yeah, um, a lot of them retired when it was all over. Yeah, and yeah. they could because you know for some people it made that was money. the end of their career. And, yeah. Yeah, but that, that's it was uh, yeah, and and on the Paramount lot now, I mean, there's, you know, we have this big Christmas uh, party every year, this big holiday party where you they light a big Christmas tree and everything. And there are thousands of people there, and it used to be you, I, I could walk there and you couldn't go ten feet without saying hello to somebody you sure. knew, and now it's, I don't know anyone, and they all have man buns. <laughs> um, and some of the men do too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's remarkable. And even when you go to the lot now, it's so weird because there was that Star Trek alley with yeah. stage eight and nine, and at the height where you had the next gen sets on one side and Deep Space Nine on the other, and then you had Planet Hell, and it was just you'd see aliens walking around and people in Starfleet uniforms, yep. and the whole row was just filled with nothing but Star Trek. And you walk there now, and it just somehow feels empty. Yeah. I mean, that was what was so heartbreaking about them taking the show to Toronto. No disrespect to Canada and the Canadian crews, but it just felt like the Paramount lot was Star Trek's home, yeah. and that's where it belonged. And uh, it's great to see that the Picard show, uh, which I, I can only assume is Patrick wanted to shoot close to home, and yeah. um, uh, that uh, is coming back to yeah. L.A. Well, there's no one saying that it's going to shoot at Paramount. No, but it, it's going to be in town. Right. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember it was you know the same thing. It was like, when H and X was a show that I was a co EP on, you know, we the pilot shot in Vancouver, but then it came back basically because Sharon Stone mm-hmm. wanted to shoot it here, but she wanted to be able to drive to work, yeah. which was great. So when the actors who have the clout can exercise it, you can fight that studio impulse right. to go where the tax credit is. And yeah. X Files did that too. Mm-hmm. Right. When they got big enough, they were able to demand that X Files get moved back to L.A. Yeah, well, it's good. And the world could use a little Picard right now. The world could absolutely use a lot of Picard. Yeah. Um, well, let, let's do a lightning round, and I think we'll wrap it up with our last few yeah. questions. So I'm going to start with Dave Rossi. Let's go out on a high note here, Dave. Um, <laughs> Don't what us. was the most <laughs> renowned archaeologist in the Federation in the 24th century? The most renowned archaeologist. And it is not Indiana Jones. I'll give you that. Hint. Uh, it was uh, Picard's old buddy, Galen? I can't remember. Very his name good. Yeah, was I was going to say, Professor I could have told Galen? you it was Norman Lloyd, the actor, but right. I couldn't tell you what his name was. And it was Professor Richard Galen. Yeah. And they've added kindly, he was also Picard's mentor. Thank you, Trivial Pursuit. There you go. Well done. Okay, well next done. for, you know, for uh, Aaron Ratner. Here we go. Phaser question. Phaser question. What spatial anomaly? Oh, it was only a matter of time before we got a spatial anomaly question. It's always a spatial anomaly. <laughs> what spatial anomaly threw Worf into multiple realities? 
The episode was Parallels, if I believe. What was the... Oh, God, this sounds bad. What spatial anomaly threw Worf <laughs> into multiple realities? Spatial anomaly. Yeah. Wow. There were many. My, my, my gut is to say wormholes. Um... The correct answer. Transporter? Sounds very, Trans- it sounds like it would hurt. I believe it's uh, Brandon Braga. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote it. Well, quantum fissure. Quantum, oh, quantum yes. fissure. Quantum yeah, fissure. the old quantum Ta-da. fissure. An That's all right. new quantum fissure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Darren, we're coming uh, to you, sir. Uh, Here we go. The Enterprise. And the Enterprise would be. 50 years. Oh, no, this is, this is a good question for you. What speed does the Kelvin upgrade allow the Enterprise to reach? What speed does the Kelvin Enterprise Kelvin upgrade allow the Enterprise to reach? Oh. So we can get to Andromeda that much quicker. I added that last part. <laughs> <laughs> Did they go up to like warp eleven? Of course, because it goes to eleven. Warp eleven. Boom boom. Very good. Isn't this the one, one goes with to the, eleven uh, with Crusher and the. No no no. This is TOS. Okay. No, this is TOS. This is by any other name, where the Andromedans have taken the Cal- the, the Kelvin, the Kelvin, the Kelvins are, are right. taking the form of uh, they're coming to conquer. Ah. But meanwhile, uh, the journey home will take them so long right. that they'll no longer really be Kelvin. And Kirk is able to convince them to turn around and come back. That's right. And find them a world to live on. You now and and it starts Barbara Boucher, right, and her lovely pants. And, and Barbara <laughs> Boucher was um, Miss Monty Penny in the 1967 That's Casino right. Royale. That's right. And uh, I can tell you, she remembers absolutely nothing about shooting the Star Trek episode, but I remember her in it. Yes, <laughs> quite fondly. Men of um, a certain age all remember. Her. So, but uh, and 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 Warren Stevens from Forbidden Planet is yeah. in it, and uh, it, it, of course it has that famous line: "It's green." Right. Which we mm-hmm. then Scotty used in Free Enterprise. He did it, you and me. Yeah. <laughs> Put him right under the table. <laughs> I'm stimulating him. <laughs> oh man! You see that now? That to me is like a great non-A episode of Star Trek. When Absolutely. you talk about episodes, they're just super fun to watch. That yeah. aren't like the classics. Right. That you know that aren't the bad. It's like just a solid, super enjoyable. Yeah. That right down the middle. I love the delight that Dr. McCoy takes in, you know, I got my guy, Haynar, climbing up the wall. (laughs) He's giving him shots of something that's like making the guy crazy. McCoy's like, he's just laughing to himself. If only you idiots knew the chemistry behind what I'm doing to this guy, it would be a lot funnier. Do some harm. (laughs) (laughs) And eat some solid food, will you? Okay, so now we have the last question of the day. Uh, It's going to be for myself. And um, looks like a. Is that a Saturn there? Uh, it is a Saturn. And the question is, where did the Enterprise-D launch from, from its Farpoint mission? Where did the Enterprise-D launch for its Farpoint mission to save the solar starfish? Um, <laughs> I get space dock? I mean, would that be correct? The Uto- Utopia Planitia Yards? I, I, I don't know. Anyone want to help me out with this? Where did it launch from? Yeah, There's some people at home going, how could they not know this? How do you yeah, not right. know? You I'll call go. yourself Trexpert? Idiots. What the hell are you Idiot. doing? Okay, I'm I'll go with Utopia Kirk. Planitia. You, he, okay, he says Utopia Planitia. All right, yeah, I'll go with that. Sure. sure. Yeah, okay, or, or do we want to say uh, Space Dock? No, it's not Space It's not space Dock. Okay. Oh, no, it's from Starbase 133. Oh, oh I, I think, think you're right. right. And the correct answer for the win for Dave Rossi wow. is... Wrong! 
wrong. <laughs> oh, wrong. You gambled all your credits on it, and now you're wiped out. Too many quatloos. The answer is McKinley Station. Oh. It also docked there for repairs after the Borg attack. It's also called Starbase 133. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say... That was far more enjoyable than it had any right to be, particularly given my underperformance in the match. Those are some hard questions, some of those. They are, and that's uh, Trivial Pursuit, which... Especially for people who don't watch Star Trek. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The 50th... Well, I thought he'd get something through osmosis, but um, the 50th anniversary edition from Trivial Pursuit, uh, which I believe is uh, on uh, on sale. case. I actually got this for my birthday uh, uh, two years ago. Well, isn't um, I got it lovely. for Christmas two years and ago, I w- and I haven't opened it yet because <laughs> I have no one to play with. Well, it's so funny because, I mean, I shouldn't say this because whoever gave it to me is probably listening and they're probably insulted. I don't remember who gave it to me, but um, I hadn't opened it either. I, I, I saw it on my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> and, God, and I saw I said, this would be great for the show. This would do this, this yeah. because we had so much fun with Rafe Needleman's uh, Star Trek trivia book. I'm like, well, what's better than that? Trivial Pursuit. Sure. And, uh, and, and I love this little shuttlecraft. It comes in, and it's just such a great thing. And I, you know, I didn't know if it would have uh, questions from all the shows or, you know, and, and obviously questions from Star Trek Six. clearly. Oh. oh, no, I just lost a, a NASA. A, a, a nassel? <laughs> What's a nassel? I lost the cell. It's an architecture. Oh my god! Company. It's going down. It's like I call the SS Columbia. Um, well, there goes your first command. You Spock. should ignite the fuel. Okay, well, who, whoever, you whoever got phaser. me this, I need a new one. My birthday is in October, and it's on the top of my wish list. The uh, I hope it's not a limited edition because it's now. Uh, but uh, but boy, I gotta tell you, this this was really uh, this was a hoot. This was this is this is fun, you know. And and we we I, I like the fact that we can go from a very um, serious and scholarly discussion uh, to something uh, a trivial like other episodes, as opposed to this serious scholarly Completely discussion we had today. Fun and goofy. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was great to to see Aaron Ratner again, our engineer who has returned. Um, it's good to get out. How of are that. things with you? <laughs> it's been great. I miss doing the show though. Did you take any of our advice? Did you show any like uh, any anything to uh, any young ladies in your life? I, <laughs> That's a it worked out question. as a, <laughs> it, it, uh, that came out wrong. Well, no, no, because, <laughs> we, because the last time when he was there, when he was uh, behind sure, the board, you didn't show on, any films to <laughs> any young ladies. Dave uh, Rossi, have so you been hanging around, around the playground? <laughs> Dave, uh, Dave, you know, it, 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 you know, we we appreciate. It. I mean, when the show debuted, you were a big booster. Thank you for all those kind words. Uh, you know, oh, we didn't I love know, the show, guys. I listen. I, I really do think you're doing the Lord's work here. We, we had no idea. You know, would this be just completely self indulgent? Would anybody actually listen to it? And the answer you know, is yes to both. Well, <laughs> we're, we're we're really lucky that you know it's really uh, you know uh, ha- has quite a following and continues to grow every week. And you know we just want to evangelize for for Star Trek because you know we've never looked down on it. We 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 love the franchise. We love it now. We loved it then. And um, you know obviously it's really interesting sometimes when we have guests who are dare I say, a little younger than us, to hear their perspective on, um, you know, the shows that they grew up on and loved. We had a guest right. on recently, you know, just talking about how Voyager was such a, the seminal show for them in there. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, well, it's, anyway. I'll tell you, it's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to capture that feeling of being a kid and 
discovering it or loving it or tuning into it for the, you know, there's certain things I'll find, you know, like a, a black and white picture of the crew that I have that I got somewhere or something. And all of a sudden I get that feeling of, right. you know, and that's what your show does. I mean, right. when you guys are oh. talking about the original series, because we're all in that same boat, you know, having started with the original series that way and discovering it, it ignited such a passion in all of us. Right. It's it's fun to listen to, to that you bring it back to life. It's really a fun. Well, it's so great to hear your stories about working on all the shows because, I mean, the reality is a lot of people don't appreciate these things until they're gone. And it sounds like, you know, you knew even then you were doing something special and this was something special. And uh, I think that, you know, the shows have only, you know, now with Netflix and Amazon, all the streamers, you know, have only grown, uh, you know, over the, you know, over the years. I mean, Next Generation was beloved at the time. I think even more so now in retrospect. Uh, but it's a chance, you know, I'm, I'm really gratified by the way people are embracing Deep Space Nine now more than ever. You yeah. know, the Netflix effect has really magnified it. People really fallen in love with, with that show. Yeah, and getting its due. It's much easier to... Um, to watch and and to enjoy and it's it's uh you know hopefully there's there's a way uh logistically in the future to bump that up to high def um but sometimes it is hard to to watch uh you know knowing you know uh, compared to some of the state of the art stuff uh and then you know i think there's a whole new audience for voyager and you know enterprise has really been rediscovered by a lot of people as yeah. well um, and now with cbs's announcements i mean there's a whole slate of brand new stuff coming out that we can all discover. So absolutely, absolutely. Exciting. And we have a whole other show to discover Discovery, and that, of course, is Disco Nights with our host, Chase Masterson. So if you're a big Discovery fan, you should check that out. You can uh, follow our show, Inglorious Trek Spritz, on Twitter and Instagram at Inglorious Trek, as well as on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Inglorious Trek, where you can continue the conversation by suggesting future show topics like Trivial Pursuit 2 and uh, <laughs> give us uh, feedback on every episode. We'll be doing uh, Space 1999 Trivial Pursuit as soon as it comes out. Uh, in addition, if you like what you hear, uh, please rate us five stars at Apple Podcasts and you can hear new episodes of our show every Sunday wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, finally, a very special thanks to Bill Ritter, producer Natalie Mascali, and everyone here at Electric Surge for making the show possible. We couldn't do it without you. Um, and on behalf of Dave Rossi, the returning champ, Aaron Ratner, and my co-host, Darren Docterman, we'll see you next week. Thanks for being here, and keep on trekking, ingloriously, of course. Shh! This podcast is a production of the Electric Surge Network.